Well, hello and happy Father's Day to all the fellow dads out there. It's great to have you with us today. We're going to be continuing our series, Pray Like Blank. We're just spending a few weeks looking at people from within the Bible, looking at the situations they were in uh, as they were praying, looking at how they prayed and hoping that as we study these prayers that we can learn, we can grow, we can challenge our prayer life and, and hopefully we'll see more of God's power moving through our prayers. You know, I believe that God answers prayer. I believe that he hears us when we speak to him. And I believe that there is power in the name of Jesus. So whatever it is that we're believing for, whether it's something that's big or whether it's something that's small, we should take it to God in prayer. You know, I think far too often we try to work things out uh, in our own strength. We try to make decisions on our own without including God, but he wants us to include him. He wants us to involve him. He wants us to come to him in prayer with whatever it is that's on our hearts. You know, we've said it before, prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. It should be our first response and not our last resort. So today we're going to be looking at pray like Elijah. As today is Father's Day, I thought it'd be great to uh, to look at a father figure, not in the biological sense, but in a, a spiritual sense. Elijah was a, an Old Testament prophet. His role basically was to be the voice of God to the people of Israel. Uh, and he often kind of called them out for not following God's commandments, uh, particularly when it came to idolatry. You know, he seemed to spend his entire life challenging the people of Israel and, and encouraging them to repent and to turn back to God. I don't imagine it was an easy job, but, but God was with him. God took care of him throughout his life. And Elijah lived this pretty awesome example of what life can be like when we walk in obedience and in partnership with God. You know, there were times during Elijah's life where he had to rely on the provision of God. He prophesied that there was going to be a drought in the, in the land. Uh, and then during this period of, of drought, he, he was fed by ravens. They literally brought him bread and meat twice a day, direct to him. He was totally reliant on, on God's provision in that, in that sense. But he experienced these amazing, incredible miracles throughout his, his ministry in that sense. He called down fire from heaven to demonstrate the power uh, and the presence and the truth of God. He, uh, he parted the Jordan so that him and Elisha could go over to the other side and have a chat before he got taken off to heaven. And he, he raised a boy to life. He lived this incredible life with these incredible miracles. And, and what I love, I've said it before, that, that names within the Bible have incredible meaning. And Elijah means the Lord is my God. The Lord is my God. And, and his life was this demonstration of exactly what that means. He believed, he walked, he lived like the Lord was his God. And because of that, he saw these incredible miracles. He lived this incredible life. But not only that, he went on to leave a legacy. Elisha, his protege, his spiritual son, followed him around 
learnt from him and kind of gathered all of this uh, knowledge and understanding and wisdom from following his spiritual father. And when it came for Elijah to go and be with God, he didn't die, by the way. God literally took him up to heaven in a whirlwind. I mean, <laughs> what kind of a life is this? And so when it was time for Elijah to go uh, and be with heaven, uh, be with God in heaven, he asked Elisha, his protege, what can I do for you before I go? And Elisha said, will you bless me with a double portion of your spirit? Will you bless me with a double portion of your spirit? And it might sound like a greedy request. It might sound like he was just trying to big himself up or be this uh, this big, incredible person. But the reality was that he wanted to be considered Elijah's son. He wanted to walk in his footsteps. He wanted to kind of follow this incredible life that Elijah had, had led, this example that he'd set. And so Elijah grants this request and, and God blesses Elisha with a double portion. And he goes on to live this life of humility and faithfulness and obedience to God. And, and then he goes on to do twice as many miracles as Elijah had done. It's incredible the way that, that God blesses him, but it reminds me of the way that Jesus says that we will do more than he did in his ministry. And we saw how incredible the ministry of Jesus is when you read through the Gospels. He did these incredible miracles from water to wine, walking on water, raising himself from the dead. He, he did all of these incredible things and yet he says we'll do even more than him when we believe and ask in his name. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of God that we have access to, that we can tap into. And so one of the, the things that encourages me when we look at Elijah as an example of how we should pray is that he was just an ordinary guy. He was just an ordinary guy like you and me. It says in James, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it, might, that it wouldn't rain for three years and six months and it didn't rain on the earth. You know, other translations say he was as human as we are. He had frailties just like us. He was just this ordinary guy and yet we can see, you know, we can see these examples from his life where he showed his humanity. You know, he ran away in fear at one time. He, he felt discouraged. He got to a point at one stage where he'd had enough and he just wanted to die. He was just an ordinary guy who, who deals with emotions and struggles in his life just like we do. And yet he walked this amazing life. He saw miracles. He, he wasn't superhuman and yet he demonstrated superhuman powers because of his faithfulness and his obedience to God. So we're going to take a look at one of his prayers. He prayed many prayers in his life, as you can imagine, but we're going to look at one of his prayers and see what we can learn and how we can apply it to our own lives. So we're going to read from 1 Kings chapter 18, starting at verse 42. It says this, Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed himself down on the earth and he put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And at the seventh time, he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down lest the rain stops. 
and in a little while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a, a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Look at how he begins this prayer. Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed himself down to the earth and put his face between his knees. He, he wasn't feeling tired because he'd climbed to the top of a mountain and now he needed a nap. What he was doing was prostrating himself in prayer. And so my first point is this. Elijah humbled himself in prayer. He bowed down in humility to God. He, as he got on his knees, at, at that moment he recognised that he couldn't bring the rain. He couldn't do this in his own strength. He recognised that he was small. He, he was a nobody. He was incapable of doing what needed to be done. He knew he needed the rain, but he also knew there was no way that he could make it happen. And this act of humbling himself, of humility as he got down on his knees, was him spiritually saying, God, I'm small, I'm tiny, I'm inadequate, I can't do this. But God, but God, you're big, you're holy, you're the sustainer, the creator, the healer, the provider. He humbled himself before God because he knew that he couldn't bring the rain, but he knew who could. He knew who could. The Bible says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Do you want God to move in your life? Do you want to see the impossible become possible? Well then I encourage you not only to take it to God in prayer but to humble yourselves, to get on your knees before God in prayer. So Elijah humbled himself in prayer. My second point is that he was persistent in prayer. Let me tell you a little story about persistent prayer. As we approached uh, 2017, we were, we were dreaming of what the year ahead might look like. And we decided that for the next year, we were going to trust God for a couple of big things for our family. We were trusting God for holidays, plural and a house of our own. We were trusting God for these massive things. And so we decided right at the start of the year that we were gonna be intentional in pursuing God for these things. None of which, by the way, we could ever achieve in our own strength. You know, we had no savings to speak of. There's no way that we could treat ourselves to one holiday, let alone more than one. And, and although, although we knew that we could cover the cost of a mortgage, there was no money for a deposit, so there's no way that we could ever buy a house. And so these things were going to take us some bold faith. They were going to require bold prayers. Well, let me tell you, even before we entered 2017, we'd already booked our first holiday. Even before the year had started, we'd booked our first holiday. It was this extravagant Christmas gift from Ruth's dad. And, you know, when something like that happens, when you go into a year believing for big things, when you start praying for big things and then you see them come to pass, it, it builds faith, it boosts your faith, and then it gives you the strength and the courage and the boldness to begin to believe for more, to begin to believe for more. And so 
every night, you know, we, we hadn't seen everything come to pass. We'd just seen the first one. So every night we'd pray, we'd pray with the kids and we'd start to get specific about what we wanted to see next. So that first holiday was a holiday in the UK. So now we're like, okay, God, we want a holiday where we've got to go on a plane and we want it to be hot and we want there to be a swimming pool. And we're also praying for a house. So we're praying, God, we want a big house and we want there to be a garden for the kids to play in. We didn't pray just once. We didn't just pray twice. We prayed almost every single day. So we wanted to go away as a, as a whole family, me, Ruth, the kids and Ruth's sisters and mum and, and their family. So there was a whole bunch of us. That's where we wanted this this sunny plain abroad holiday to be so what we did is we all booked a week off in june the same week in june we had no clue of where we were going to go we had no clue of how we were going to pay for it but we just took a step of faith we booked that time off and we continued to pray god we want a holiday we want to go on a plane we want to go somewhere where it's hot we want there to be a pool and a beach and you know we just got specific in our prayers we knew what we wanted and we, we went to God with it. We said, this is what we want. And then out of the blue, we inherited some money. And then shortly after that, we found this villa in Spain that was big enough for all 17 of us that were going to go. And, and it turns out that the cost of this villa and the flights and everything was the same amount as the money we'd just inherited. How cool is that? How awesome is our God? And so we're believing for multiple holidays and we've already, you know, come early June, we've already seen this stuff come to pass. And so while that's going on, we're still believing for a house. We're still praying for a house. And so we'd, we'd started to look around houses in faith. We started to look around houses in the area, big houses with gardens, because that's what we were believing for. We saw some dives we saw some beautiful houses and every single one was out of our non-existent budget. We just kind of, uh, OK, we'll, we'll aim for that because, you know, it might fit what we want. And so we're looking at these houses and we're believing and we're persistent in our prayers to God. So up until this point, we'd, we'd previously applied for a mortgage and been rejected. So we don't even know if we're going to be able to get a mortgage. We know we can pay for one, but we don't know if we can get one, if the bank will be generous to lend us this money. So we're still trusting in God. We're trusting in God. And then we put in this application for a mortgage and we flip in, well, got it. It's just incredible how God moves. And, and then again, we inherited some money. And, and so we had enough money for us to cover the deposit, to cover the fees, to cover the cost of moving. And then we had an offer accepted on the gorgeous house that we now live in, this massive house with a garden. And it's just like flipping out, God, you are so amazing. There is no way that we could ever have had two holidays and a house all in the same year because we were skint. We got no money. It's just not possible. And then we pray and we pray and we pray and God shows up. How amazing is God? It says in 1 Corinthians, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. I hope you see that that's what I'm doing. I'm not bigging myself up because I recognize none of this would happen in my own strength. It took God to step in. It took God to move. It took him to show up and demonstrate his power and his goodness and his faithfulness. He is so good. You know, we've been dreaming of a house for like five years we hadn't been abroad for the same amount of time. And, and so we're persistent in our prayers. And, and that's what I believe is what was different this time. 
You see, we might have prayed to God for these things in the past, but I believe it was to do with our intentionality because we went in going, do you know what? We're going to keep praying until this thing happens. We're not going to stop. We're not going to give in. We're not going to grow tired. We're just going to keep on keeping on. And I believe it was because we bugged God on a daily basis that we were asking and believing in faith that he would come through to us. And the reality is that he's overjoyed to bless us. He's not like reluctant in his gifts. He's not reluctant in his blessings. He's overjoyed to be able to help us, to be able to make us smile, to be able to see us uh, happy in, in, in being receiving the provision that he has to offer. And I don't know about you, but I think it's, it's overwhelming sometimes that, that me, someone who screws up on a daily basis, would be blessed with such amazing answers to prayer. It's overwhelming, isn't it? I, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it, but it's not about that. It's not about deserving. It's not about earning something. God loves it when we speak to him. God loves it when we ask him. You know, he knows exactly what we're going to ask for before we ask for it, but he's a relational God. He loves us to come to him and to say, God, this is what's on my heart. He loves it. It makes him smile. It makes him happy. He longs for that relationship with us. And so when we're persistent in prayers, he sees that it's born out of faith and out of love and out of relationship. And he loves to bless us. He loves it. And so it says that Elijah got down on his knees to pray. And after he'd prayed for a bit, he sent his servant to the window to go and see if God had heard his prayer. Go and check, see if the rain is coming. And so his servant goes and he looks out the window and he's like, nope, no sign, blue sky's here. So he heads back to Elijah and he says, no beans, no dice. There is absolutely no rain. And so Elijah's like, okay, hang on a minute. He prays again. He prays again. And then he says, okay, now go and check again. Go and see if there's some rain. And so he sends his servant to have a look out the window and he comes back. Nope, still no sign of rain. Seven times he prays and sends his servant to have a look. And at no point during that period of time over those multiple prayers, do we see or hear of Elijah getting fed up, of him giving up, of him doubting God, of him accusing God of being absent or not, not moving or, or not even listening. At no point do we see him thinking like that. He didn't allow the outward circumstance to affect his inward assurance. He prayed in faith. He prayed believing that God would come through. He didn't allow it to affect his, his assurance, his confidence. You know, even though it seemed like God wasn't moving, time after time after time, the servant goes and comes back like, sorry, mate, no, Nothing's happening. It looks like there's still no rain. Three and a half years of drought is going to carry on for a bit longer. At no point does he get frustrated. He doesn't throw in the towel. He doesn't say, I'm done. I've had enough. He doesn't say prayer doesn't work. What does he do? What do we see him do? We see him pray and pray and pray. It doesn't seem like it's working. It doesn't seem like God's listening. There's no answer. He prays, he prays, he prays, and he prays again. He's persistent in his prayers. 
You know, so many times we're, we're believing God for something, but it feels like he's not there. It feels like he's absent. It feels like, you know, you're the only one whose prayers aren't getting answered. You're seeing other people getting blessed and, and with these incredible testimonies. And you're there like, God, I've been praying for the same thing for three years and still no response. What, why, what's wrong with me? Why, why me? Should, should I give up? But it's not in those moments when we should give up. It's then that we need to be persistent, that we need to push on, that we need to, you know, recognise that this is hard, that you're struggling, but push through that barrier. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. You see, it's in the persistence of our prayers that God sees our heart. He sees how much we want it. He sees the, the sacrifice that we're willing to make. So Elijah humbled himself in prayer. He was persistent in his prayer. And then my last point is he was expectant in prayer. So he's gone up the mountain, he's got down his knees and humbled himself before God and he's he started to pray and then he's sent the servant to the window to have a look and there was no sign of rain and he keeps praying and he sends him again and he prays these persistent prayer and then on the seventh time on the seventh time, the servant comes back with a report and he says, I've seen something. It, it's beginning. It's starting. He says, I can see a cloud. It's in the distance. And you can almost feel the excitement at this response. I can see it. It's coming. It's about the size of, of a man's hand. Well, that that doesn't sound particularly impressive. It doesn't sound like a a, a God response to this prayer, does it? But but look at how Elijah responds. Does he get disheartened? Is he disappointed? Is he like, uh, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll just spend a bit more time in prayer because I feel like God could do a little bit better than a cloud the size of a fist. No way. Not in the slightest. Elijah was expectant. So he hears this report. There's a cloud on the horizon. So he jumps up and he tells the servant, run as fast as you can. Go and tell King Ahab, the rain is coming. The rain is coming. The servant didn't say, there's a massive thunderstorm coming. I can see the lightning. I can hear the rain like we've been experiencing these past few days. That is not what he came. That is not the report that he gave. He said, I can see a cloud. It's in the distance and it's tiny. And yet Elijah responds, okay, great, go and get the sandbags, get the life jackets ready. The rain is coming and it's going to be heavy. It's a mental response. It makes absolutely no sense. But Elijah was expectant. He was expectant. I'd have been like, okay, that's great, but let's hang on a minute. Let's, let's watch what happens. Let's see if the cloud gets bigger or darker. Let's maybe just wait until I can feel it spitting and, and then we'll go and tell people that the rain's coming. Not now when there's a tiny cloud in the let, Let's just wait for a minute and see what happens. But Elijah's not like that. He's praying persistent prayers, but he's praying expectantly. So he's like, okay, the rain is coming. Go as fast as you can. Let everyone know it's about to happen. And then what happens? It says the rain, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. Elijah prayed and God showed up. He prayed and God showed up. He prayed for this enormous God-sized miracle and God showed up in the only way he knows how. 
Elijah was bold. He asked in incredible faith, believing that God was able. He believed that God was faithful. He believed that God answers prayer. And so he called on God with with enough faith and with enough expectancy to believe that he would answer, not just this time, but multiple times, these most audacious of prayers. And without fail, time after time, God shows up. Fire from heaven, child brought back to life, rain when there's been drought for so long. It wasn't about Elijah. It was all about God. It was it gave all these answers to prayer. They gave Elijah opportunity to point back to the power and the awesomeness of God. Look how awesome my God is. I didn't boast about two holidays in a house because it's anything that I did. It's all about God. Look how awesome my God is. He answers prayers. He answers bold, specific prayers. When we pray in faith, when we pray in expectancy, when we believe that he will come through. Let me tell you today, God answers prayer. If you're praying for something, if you're believing for something and it seems like God's not there. It seems like he's not answering. Keep on keeping on. Be persistent because God moves. He moves supernaturally on behalf of his children. So we need to humble ourselves in prayer. We need to get down on our knees and and recognise that we are not God. We can't do everything in our own strength. We need him to show up. So humble yourself in prayer. And then secondly, be persistent in your prayer. Don't give up. Don't get tired. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel and think it's not working. Be persistent in prayer. And then lastly, be expectant. Hear these testimonies. I'd love it if people shared their testimonies in the chat or in the comments. Let us know how God's answered your prayer because when you hear testimonies of God's goodness, it helps to build faith. And then people who might be struggling with their prayer lives can go, okay, I see God moving. He can do the same for me. God worked in my life. God worked in the life of my family. God worked for Elijah and he can do the same for you. So be expectant and and don't be surprised when he moves. We are so often surprised when God shows up, when he steps in. But we shouldn't because we should be expecting him to move up. The shock should be if he doesn't show up, if he doesn't uh, answer our prayer. So pray with faith, pray with boldness, believing not that he might show up, but that he will show up. Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for this example that we can see from throughout Elijah's life, not just this, uh, this one prayer. And we say, God, help us to pray like Elijah. Help us to recognise that we are not you, that we can't do everything, and so we should humble ourselves. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We need to recognise your majesty. And so I pray that as we humble ourselves that that we'll begin to we'll begin to pray we'll begin to pray in faith we'll begin to pray in boldness and when it seems like you're not working may we know within our spirits that just because we don't see it it doesn't mean you're not moving just because we don't feel it it doesn't mean you're not working 
Let's believe that you are moving in power. Let's believe that you are working behind the scenes, ready to bless us because we know that you're a good father, because we know that you wanna bless your children, because we believe that you answer prayer. And may we be expectant. May we uh, take faith from other people's testimonies. May we uh, recognize and acknowledge your goodness and your faithfulness and be expectant. Expect you to show up. Not to be surprised, but to expect that you will show up in an incredible way. And so we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.